Amen. Well, as I look around this morning, I think uh, pretty much everybody here today knows the Lord, has made a commitment to Him, given their heart over to Him. So I felt like the Lord laid upon my heart a couple of weeks ago to talk about commitment. And we can all become more committed. And that's what Jesus desires of His people, is to become more committed. You know, it's all right to be committed, but He's always giving us more. You know, the Bible says we move from glory to glory. And to do that, we need to become more and more committed to Him. And we're going to talk about that just a little bit this morning. And our main verse is found in Psalms um, 37.5. You know, the Bible says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust. Everybody say trust. I said everybody say trust. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Hallelujah. He's going to bring it to pass. You know, when you make a commitment, all you're doing is just uh, transferring. Transferring your desire. And what, we're, what we want to do is transfer our desire and our will to a superior being. And that being the King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, it's very, very easy to get discouraged in this world. You know, we look around and every day on the news, there's a new tragedy. Whether it be earthquakes, murders, robberies. Right here in our own hometown in in small Bloomington, Indiana. And it's easy to get discouraged. Hallelujah. We can get downcast. We have no hope. You know, whatever it be, whether it be the cares of life, uh, being your money, your relationship, or the decisions you've made in the past... And that's when we become an easy target for the enemy. Because he loves to work on our minds. You know, if he can just put that negative thought in there. You put that little seed of doubt in the back of your mind. And if you're not careful, you'll start dwelling on that. You know, if God really loved me, he wouldn't have let that happen. You know, if he really wanted me to be happily married, he wouldn't have let us divorce. If he really wanted me to have the desires of my heart, I wouldn't be struggling financially right now. And it's easy, because I'm a perfect example. It's easy to let that seed of doubt creep into your mind. And we begin to dwell on that, and we begin to think on that. And the first thing you know, we get up on Sunday morning and we say, well, I don't, don't think I'll go to church today. You know, I've got other things that's more important for my time. As I look around me, I see things that need to be done. So I'll just stay home today. And I'll go next Sunday. Or maybe I'll go Wednesday night to prayer. And Wednesday night rolls around and we've worked hard all day. And we come home and we sit down in a chair 
and we say, you know, this feels pretty good. I think I'll just stay home tonight. Come on, you hear me. I think I'll just stay home tonight and take Wednesday night off. The Lord won't mind. And the next Sunday rolls around and it's easier to sit home the next Sunday than it was the past Sunday. Because let's face it, we are creatures of habit. And going to church, believe it or not, is a habit. You get in the habit of going to church. I want to be more than a Christian that just lives on a habit. I say, I want to be more than somebody that lives on a habit. I want to be one that takes upon me the very, the very image of Christ. And that's what we need to desire to do. And if we are going to be committed, we need to come to the house when the doors are unlocked. That's all right, Brother Jay. That's good preaching. Go right ahead. All right. You know, it's amazing, it's amazing to me. Eh, I better not go there. Well, yeah, I think I will go there. I'm an elder. I, can, I guess I can say what's on my heart. You, you all love me. I love you. I'm not saying anything out of disrespect or not loving you. But it's amazing the difference between our crowds on Sundays and Wednesday nights. You know, and we all work. We all have jobs. We all have families. But I've always wondered why that is, that we have trouble getting to the midweek service. I guess that's a question for another day. All right. You know, and we've got people that uh, say, well, you know, I don't have those problems that you've been talking about this morning. I come to church, don't have any relationship problems. I'm pretty good financially, pretty happy with my stage in life. You know, everything's running pretty smooth. But, you know, the Bible also talks about other things. It talks about jealousy. It talks about envy. It talks about malice. It talks about gossip. Hallelujah. And how are we, we going to overcome these things? What's the answer? Hallelujah. You know, 2 Corinthians 10.5 tells us that we need to bring every thought into captivity. And I tell you, it works. These are not just uh, sayings that we live by. This works. I'm telling you, it works. We get to thinking on things that we shouldn't be thinking about. All you've got to do is say, in the name of Jesus... You see, because everything's going to bow before the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I take that thought captive right now. By the authority of the living God. I say by the authority of the living God. And we can take captive and capture that thought and discard it. Hallelujah. 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 And if we don't begin to mature and grow in the Lord, 
And we begin to let those things in the past and in the now and even things into the future grow in our hearts and in our minds they become strongholds. Let's go to 1 Peter 2 verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Hallelujah. If we're going to come into maturity, what do we need? We need the word. Hallelujah. The Bible says the word is the bread of life. We need that word in our hearts. We need that word in our minds that we can speak. I take captive that thought. I take captive that thought. Hallelujah. We have to give up control. And that's hard. That is hard to do. It's hard to give up control. Because we like to be in control. But we need to get to the place where we can renew our minds day by day. And as we renew our minds, we're going to start giving up control. Because if we take the mind of Christ, we're going to give our desire and our control over to the Father. And let Him be in control. You know, does anybody really believe that Jesus wanted to hang upon that tree and die? And have those nails driven into his hands and feet? I don't think so. I don't think he did. But he knew that he had to give up his control and his will. And what a sacrifice. What a sacrifice he made. That we might find salvation and have everlasting life. You know, if we stay in control, we can think, well... You know, things are not working out. If I do this, I think they will react that way. So, you know, I'll just, I'll just do what I think needs to be done. You know, and it took, it took me a while to learn that I need to ask the Lord on every decision I make. Now, you may think I'm a little crazy, but that's okay. I do. Before I bought any cattle today, I was looking around. I said, Lord, which ones of these should I buy? Well, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Well, you see, I found out when I don't ask him things, (laughs) it doesn't all the time work out to the best for me. Because I've really made some dumb decisions. I know that's hard to believe. But I have really, really, really made some dumb decisions in my past. So I've made up in my mind I'm going to start asking him about it, and then it's his problem. Then it's the Lord's problem if it doesn't work out. (laughs) That way I can blame somebody else. (laughs) But that's what we need to do. You know, I know I'm laughing, we're having fun, but it's true. It's true. We need to start inquiring what the Lord would have us do because he wants it all to be good for us. He desires the best for his children. Hallelujah. He desires the best 
for his children. You know, I'm afraid that the church has gotten to the point where we don't want to offend people. You know, we live in a society that we don't want to be offensive. Well, I'm telling you what, I don't think we need to be ashamed of who we are. I say, I don't think we need to be ashamed of who we are. We don't need to be intimidated when we come in contact with an atheist that doesn't believe that the king of kings, the creator of the universe, set everything into order. We don't need to be intimidated by that because we have the word of God and it's proved out to be true. We, sometimes we need to get a little bit crazy in the church. I've heard people say that, you know, we don't need to get crazy. You know, and, and you know, the Bible says we need to do things decently and in order. And I believe that. But on the day of Pentecost, when they were in the upper room at 9 o'clock in the morning, and people around them thought they were drunk. So that's telling me they were acting a little crazy. Because I'll tell you, I have been drunk. Believe it or not, I have been drunk. And I acted crazy. But I've also been drunk on the Holy Ghost. I say I've been drunk on the Holy Ghost. And I act crazy when I'm drunk on the Holy Ghost. Because it's that new wine that will set men free. It's that new wine that will cause us to rise up and be not intimidated and speak the word of God. You know, and the best thing about being drunk on that new wine, let me tell you, the best thing about that is I got up the next day just as clear-headed as I could be. I had no hangover. My eyes weren't blurry. My stomach wasn't twisted up in knots. And I wasn't running to the bathroom every ten minutes. So. And I wanted some more. I'll, let me have some more of that because I like that. You know, they have carried me out of this church before. I've been so drunk. And they just kind of throw me in the car. That's okay. Okay, but what's happened to that? How come we don't see that? How come we don't see that anymore? How come we don't see a move like that anymore? How come you don't see me rolling around on the floor drunk anymore? See, I asked myself this. And it, you know whose fault it is? It's my fault. It's my fault. The Bible says he will give us the desires of our hearts. Right? Right? So we have to desire something. And it needs to be something that's Christ-like. You know, we don't need to desire a new yacht and expect the Lord to pony up on that. Now, he might. I'm not saying he couldn't. But we, 
You know, the Bible says desire good gifts. That's what we need to desire. Something that will turn us into more like Christ. Something that will turn us into more like Him. And we do that by the renewing of our minds, day by day. As it tells us in Romans 2, 2. By the renewing of your mind. You know, and when you renew something, it's just, it's new. It's new. So if it's new, what are we doing thinking about stuff we did yesterday or last week or last year or ten years ago? Or how they did us wrong or, or she said that or, or they did that. Why are we fooling with that stuff? Why are we fooling with that stuff? We need to renew our minds daily. Daily. You know, we have to die daily. Hallelujah. You know, I'm kind of kind of the old school. Everybody uses iPads and all that stuff now. I like to write stuff out. Now I really get confused because a lot of times I can't read my own writing. <laughs> what did I mean there? See, I don't know. You know, it's time for us to take a stand. It's time for us to take a stand. We need to stand up. We need to stand up. And not be ashamed of who we are. We don't need to be ashamed of who we are. And if you can't do that, I'll tell you what to do. If you're intimidated around people and you have trouble being a witness, let me tell you what to do. You want to know what to do? Establish a good, you ready? Prayer life. Establish a good prayer life. And it doesn't have to be an hour every time you pray. That's not what I'm talking about. You can start off with five minutes. I mean, you can do anything for five minutes. You can do anything for five minutes. Father, I praise you this day. I thank you this day for your faithful hand. Father, there is none like you, Lord Jesus. I look to you this day, O oh God. Help me this day. Let me lay aside everything that's a distraction. Let me lay aside the things of the past. And let me look to you this day. For you are the author and the finisher of my faith, O oh God. It's easy. Five minutes a day. Five minutes a day. Try that for a week. Try it for a week, please. Try it for a week, five minutes a day. You know, and I'll tell you what's going to happen. The next week, you're going to start praying 10 minutes. Not because I want to pray 10 minutes, because when you start praying five minutes every day, pretty soon, you know, that five minutes turns into 10 minutes. And then that 10 minutes will turn into 15 minutes. And then that 15 minutes, when you get done with that 15 minutes, you'll get up and you want to read the Word a little bit. You want, to, you want to see what Jesus says we can be. You want to get into that Word a little bit. Well, He says I can do that and become that. How, I think I'll go pray some more. 
<laughs> I'm telling you, it works. It works. It works. I'm, I wouldn't steer you wrong. It works. If we want to grow. If we want to mature. If we want to become what Jesus said we can be. You know, and I want to be what he says I can be. You know, we, we sang the song, I know who I am, but do we really know who we are? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you who we are. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you who we are today. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who looked down and said, I'm going to release my spirit upon that person. I'm going to call that person into my kingdom. The King of Kings chose us. He chose me to serve Him. He allowed me to know Him. He allowed me to experience His Spirit. He allowed me to experience joy and peace like I never knew before. I say the King of Kings has called you into existence. The King of Kings has called you into His kingdom. Hallelujah. That should be exciting. I'm telling you, somebody should be getting excited about that. That the King of Kings, the very one that set the universe into existence, called you to serve Him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What a deal. What a deal. And the great thing about it is, He's never going to leave. He's never going to forsake us. His mercies will endure forever. Woo! His mercies will endure forever. You know, the Bible says there's nothing that I can do that will separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing that I can do that will separate me from that love. What a deal. What a deal. That's better than the Powerball. That's better than the Hoosier Lottery. That's better than winning a car from Quicken Loans. Hallelujah, because we are going to walk those streets of gold. Hallelujah, we're going to walk down a street of gold. Are you people hearing what I'm saying? We're going to walk down a street of gold. Talk about gold rush. Ooh, that feels good. But I'll tell you something else. You know, we all talk about heaven. How great it's going to be. But see, there's another little part of that story that we don't talk about too much anymore. There's also a hell. You don't hear that much in church anymore. Because we don't want to offend anybody. I believe the Word of God. Amen. And I, I believe there's a heaven. Yes. 
And I believe there's a hell. And I believe there's those that will and those that won't. You know, God wants everybody to be saved. He desires that everybody be saved. You know, I was talking to a couple of my golfing buddies last week. We were out at the course, and we were waiting on a group, and so we were talking among ourselves. <clears throat> and um, one of them brought up about, you know, things that were going on in the world and, and, you know, what Obama needed to do or not do or what Congress needed to do and, you know, even locally here, the way things were going, you know, and people's getting murdered and just the crazy things that are going on in life. And I said, you know what? The trouble, it's never going to get any better. And they, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, the Bible says that in the end time, it's going to wax worse and worse. And they both kind of looked at me kind of funny. And they changed the subject. Hey, that's okay. But, I, you know, I was serious. I don't see things getting a whole lot better. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. I mean, we, we have countries that desire to blow America up. You know, and who knows what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, who knows what's going on there. But we're living in perilous times. So you better make your yes, yes, and your no, no. Now is the time. Now is the time. You know, there was a, a man in the Bible by the name of Daniel. And uh, he had been befriended by the king, King Darius. And um, he'd been put in charge of uh, several things under the king's leadership. And there were several people that was his so-called friends that um, were jealous of him. And so they devised a plan. They knew that he was a, a praying Christian. So they devised a plan to uh, have the king sign a decree that would declare anybody that uh, asked any petition or prayed to anybody other than the king would be thrown in the lion's den. Pretty harsh punishment right there. You know, we don't like it if we have to send our kids to bed without pudding for dessert. They were going to throw him in the lion's den. And uh, Daniel knew this. But yet he wasn't intimidated. Because the Bible says that there was an excellent spirit in him. He had an excellent spirit in him. So most of you know the story. They came and got him, threw him in the lion's den. And uh, the king was worried. He didn't want to do it, but he had already signed the decree. He had no choice. And uh, went down the next morning, and there, you know, Daniel's still there. Hey, Darius, what's going on, man? <laughs> yeah, I'm still down here. No, those lines didn't bother me at all. You know why? Because <laughs> I have an excellent spirit within me that was placed there by the King of Kings. So to make a long story short, those so-called friends of his 
they got to take his place in the lion's den and it didn't work out quite so well for them. No, no it didn't. No, I know a man also that was, uh, I didn't know him real well. In fact, mostly I just knew of him. Um, that he was in a, a church and uh, he was real good friends with the preacher. Uh, they were buddies. They were always palling around together. And, uh, you know, in church, I guess he was just a real big talker, big encourager, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, we can do it, you know. We got Jesus. We can do it. And uh, to make a long story short, uh, he ended up around a campfire with some non-believers. And uh, they got to questioning him about uh, his walk with the Lord and about Jesus. And uh, he was intimidated. And he denied that even being a Christian. In fact, he got to cussing and carrying on. And I'll tell you this guy's name. His name was Peter. And he's also wrote two books of the New Testament. And you know, want to know what the difference finally was with him? It was on that day of Pentecost when he was in that upper room. And the Holy Ghost came upon him as a cloven tongue of fire. And it changed him completely. It gave him a boldness that he didn't have before. It gave him wisdom that he lacked. It gave him peace that gave him joy. And that's what we need to have today. We need to let the Spirit of God take control of our lives. And I encourage you, if you have not received a gift of the Holy Ghost, by speaking in other tongues, that you desire that. You know, the Bible says that they were speaking in tongues and no one understood them. You know, the Bible also says that the Spirit makes intercession on our behalf when we pray in tongues. See, sometimes I don't even know what I should be praying for. So I encourage you. I encourage you to let the Spirit of God come alive inside of you. And when it does, let me tell you, when it does, it's going to set the captive free. It's going to loose your tongue. And you're going to become a witness for Jesus Christ like you've never been before. And that's what we need. You know, I desire to see the kingdom of God grow. I don't know about anybody else, but I desire to see the kingdom of God grow, whether it be at this church or the church down the street. You know, I'd rather have it at this church. I'd like to see all these seats full this morning of Bible-believing, tongue-talking, people that believed in Jesus Christ. I want to see the kingdom grow. And if I'm the one that's causing it not to grow, then get me out of the way. Because I want to see the kingdom of God grow.
Because I know what it's done for me. And what it can do for others. Oh, I thank the Lord this morning. I thank the Lord this morning. And the great thing about God is that He is the same. He is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. There's no change in Him. You're talking about somebody that's solid. That never wavers. That's who our God is. That's the one we serve. You know, we can be all things through Him that strengthens us. We can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know why? Because greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Why should I fear? What can man do to me? Sticks and stones might break my bones, you know. I mean, come on. I'll tell you what the Holy Ghost will do for us. It regenerates us. It also indwells in us. It guides us. It gives joy. It comforts us. It empowers us. It bears fruit. We can't do it alone. We need something bigger than ourselves. So today I encourage you to commit like you've never committed yourself before to Jesus Christ. And you'll not be disappointed. You'll not say, well, you know, I, I probably really shouldn't have done that. Everything was going pretty good just the way it was. No, you're going to start getting excited. I'm telling you, you're going to start getting excited. Your feet are going to move around. Oh, my. But that's okay. That's okay. We're going to get a little crazy. That's all right. We don't have to get a little crazy. Whatever the Lord wants. That should be the desire that we have. Whatever He wants. Whatever you want, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just skip that page. Well, pretty much you've covered it already. <laughs> you know, you write all that stuff down, and I always get ahead of myself. I haven't talked about half the stuff I wrote down here. That's okay, though. That's okay. I don't want it to be about me. I'll tell you, I really don't. I don't want it to be about me. Because I, I, know, <laughs> I know what kind of guy that I was. And I, I'm going to tell you something and I probably shouldn't tell you everybody hold on I'm not perfect I'm not I'm not so I don't want it to be anything about me because I want perfection hallelujah I want perfection in the house you know and it's great even when the pastor's not here you know, the Spirit of God was here today and is here now. You know why? Because you brought Him in with you. Because He indwells in us. 
But it's nice, you know, when the, when the Holy Ghost shows up, I like it. I like it. You know, most people say Holy Spirit, but my dad always said Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. So that's kind of what I say generally. We need to come boldly before God. You know, we need to choose Him over everything else. And I'll tell you right now, He will not disappoint you. He will not disappoint you. You cannot outgive God. Can't do it. Not going to happen. And I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about just money. You can't outgive Him. Start giving Him some time and see what happens in your life. Start giving Him some time reading the Word. See what happens. Start giving Him some time by coming to the midweek service and see what happens. You know, I'm just telling you these things because I love you all. I really do. I'm very privileged that God allowed me to be part of what He's doing in Life Church. And I really and truly believe that we are on the verge. You know, and I know that we have heard this in the past, but I really believe we are on the verge of an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And we need to prepare ourselves. And that's why I think the Lord laid this on my heart today. We need to be prepared. We need to prepare ourselves now. Because I tell you, everybody that comes through that door, is, and this is what I'm hoping for, everybody that comes through that door is not going to have a blazer and a tie on. You know, I'm hoping we get some, some scruffy people, you know, some, some motorcycle riders, some, some gang members. Who cares? Some drug addicts. It's okay. Because those are the people that are hurting. You know, people are looking for something. Everywhere you turn, somebody's looking for something. Should I be part of this group? Should I join over here? Maybe if I get in this club. And we have what they're looking for. We have what they desire. Because Christ is clarity. And that's what they're looking for in their lives. They're uh, what they call stinking thinking. They're, they're clouded. Their thinking's clouded. And we have clarity. Amen?